to run through the whole thing to make sure everything sync, folks. It's 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this has to be. So, I'm Fred McMurray. I'm in Shell Beach, California with my co-host, Kristen Chimela. Yeah, good. It's good. I'm getting an international reputation for mangling names um, and cracking people up with with green eyebrows. And my longtime co-host, Ray Pillar, who has exciting news. I don't know if he wants to share it, but exciting news on... What? what? Oh, you mean did I move the wedding up? <laughs> okay. Nothing is sacred. Nothing. Nothing is sacred. But... <laughs> of course oh. not. Well, we... I just have to mention it. <laughs> we started the whole show because Holy of that. Fred. You only tell Fred if you want everyone to know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Because of COVID, you know, we're, it's going to be a small wedding. But, and I don't know if you, if we want to take advantage of this or not, but there's a possibility we may broadcast it. <laughs> Such so, an evolution of Ray. Yeah. Yes, the evolution <laughs> of two old people. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, before we start talking to our guest Ron, we're gonna bring uh, another fabulous friend of the Pillars of Franchising in, our friend Elizabeth Dedham. So, hello, Elizabeth. We're in the Pillars of Weather. We haven't introduced our friend Ron yet, but we're in the Pillars of Weather, which did announce Ray's wedding being moved up, so you missed that. But we may oh, be. Oh, when? <laughs> December 19th. Yay! You'd want to watch the live stream, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna check your date for you, Ray. Whatever that Sunday is. Uh, Sunday's actually the twentieth. Twentieth. Okay, it'll be the twentieth then. Yes. Okay. The twentieth. <laughs> I'm marking my calendar. It'll be so, the- as soon as he said whatever day that Sunday is, I'm like, I know how that works. That means <laughs> <laughs> that's a mandate. Yeah, because we talked about you know a couple of different days. So. Uh, anyway, I'm sitting in Aurora. Illinois. The weather is 44 degrees. It's cloudy, a bit breezy. Leaves are blown all over the place, but they're very colorful. All the trees are showing off. They're magnificent color. So it's a glorious day. Fall Kristen, day. given that you're what, 20 minutes north of them? Yeah, yeah, I'm not far off of what Ray's got, 43, but I am sporting my I Voted sticker today. Oh, yeah, so don't be out there canceling my vote. 
<laughs> right? There's mine. Yeah, but 43, it's a dreary, chilly day, and uh, we're coming out of three weeks of COVID quarantine up here, so uh, stepping outside today was a little different than when I came in the house. When I came in back on October 1st, I think, uh, I was still wearing shorts. <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit different than when I went into quarantine, so. Yeah, well. We're happy you're back. Yeah. And it's amazing. We haven't had yeah. shows in a, a couple of weeks without you. So, mm. Elizabeth, please give them warmth. Let them know it can be warmer than 43. It is warmer than 43. It's, it's a nice 71, which is about 10 degrees cooler than last week, than yesterday, actually. Um, but we got hit by a hurricane last night, number three, <laughs> in, in a month and a half. <laughs> Scary no, as crap. You. Mm-hmm. Donald and I drank a whole big bottle of the cheap wine in one night. <laughs> Wind was howling. It was like 90 mile an hour gusts and 30 to 50 mile an hour, you know, sustained winds. It was terrible. But today, it's not a cloud in the sky, and it's going to be in the 50s and 60s the next few days after, you know, in the middle of the day. So I don't know if I want to trade you the winter for that. I mean, I mean, this has I've, never happened. This I've never been hit this many times. In a hurricane season ever. That's unusual. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's enough to make you a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Freezing weather, hurricanes. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a toss-up for me, really. It's a toughie. But, you know, normally we've had a 10-year break, you know, in between Ivan and now, and then it just yeah. made up a lot of time. So normally we're okay. This one came out all as well. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Good. So, who's going to introduce? We thought that'd be you, Ray. I think, that, I think we can all use a little of his product. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of my product. Right. Should, should I start by saying that last night I stumbled upon a South Park episode, and it was uh, about the pandemic. And um, the field that we're talking about today happened to be showcased in the first five minutes, thank goodness, because then I could turn it off. Um, And they were talking about this industry being up 400%, according to South Park and the character Randy on there. So I'd be very curious to hear what's going on at Bud's place and all the great things that uh, you've been seeing since the pandemic started. So, Welcome back to the show, Ron. (laughs) Thanks, Ray. So, how's everything going? Uh, you know, we've we've been getting a lot done. We've had some great weeks uh, the last few weeks uh, with things that we've been working on and finishing up. And, uh, you know, all's good, all's progressing. And uh, we hope to have some franchisees signed up soon. Excellent. So, uh, you know, we've got... Uh, you know, obviously it's election season. Mm-hmm. So there are numerous states that have varying types of cannabis legislation on the ballots on Tuesday. Uh, more states that are hopefully going to approve uh, adult use cannabis, which then, uh, you know, opens up the gates for all these other things, uh, such as consumption lounges, which is what what we're doing. So we're a franchisor of social cannabis consumption lounges. Bring your own cannabis. We don't dispense anything. 
and uh, we have food, beverage, entertainment, special events, uh, memberships, all that good stuff. So, you know, it's a, a Bud's Place will be a place for customers to have high quality fun and enjoy their cannabis in a safe and upscale environment. And uh, we're looking forward to getting some, getting some opened. We've got people interested in, uh, in Michigan, in Illinois, in Nevada, in California, and in some other places uh, on opening up Bud's places. Are you, do you have different restrictions because you're the lounge rather than a seller of it? We do. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting and it's challenging because the states that allow consumption lounges right now all have different rules. And some of them provide municipalities uh, the ability to opt out or opt in to allow consumption lounges. And, uh, you know, they're all kind of watching each other, the places that have approved it and the places that are uh, drafting their regulations to approve these. They're all watching each other to see what they're allowing, what they're not allowing, how they're doing it. And if any are open yet uh, in their area, how things are going. There's only a handful of consumption lounges open in the U.S. right now. We're not aware of anybody franchising these and we're not aware of any of the ones that are open having a similar type of concept as to what we do with all the different things that can go on inside of a Bud's place and all the different revenue streams that we put together for our franchisee. Awesome. So the consumption lounges, if I understood you correctly, they're out there right now, are, are or are not Bud's place? Are not. We don't have any open yet. Okay. We're uh, actually, my wife and I uh, are likely going to be opening up the first one. Uh, we're talking with a potential partner right now uh, about partnering with us on it. It would be in Michigan. Uh, we've got other people interested uh, in places in Michigan, in Illinois, you know, the, the states that they're legal in right now, and for the most part, states where adult use uh, cannabis is legal because then it provides, you know, a bigger potential customer base for a franchisee. We can still survive. Uh, a franchise could still survive and make a lot of money in a state that's medical only. But uh, obviously, when recreational or adult use cannabis is also allowed, it opens it up to a lot more customers. And, uh, you know, as a franchisor, what we're all about is putting a, a concept together and a model together where a franchisee can get a very good return on investment, can uh, be easily trained to do everything that we want them to do and everything that the rules and regulations allow, uh, you know, to handle cannabis, their specific cannabis rules. Uh, in each municipality or cannabis training that a franchisee would have to go through. So we have some experienced people in both hospitality and cannabis on our team uh, for the training side, you know, where they have uh, one of them's a restaurant uh, concept called Crave Hot Dogs and Barbecue. So Samantha Rincion 
uh, is a partner with us. Uh, they're helping us with the menus. Uh, most of the food on our menu will be food from Crave. They're going to be very important to the training of franchisees. Uh, you know, how to run the kitchen, how to prepare the food, how to handle customers, how to serve everything timely, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got some other people involved in the training process for franchisees also. Uh, you know, we, we believe that the, the second the Bud's Place opens, it's going to be very busy and uh, not really have a, uh, a break even, even period. We think they're going to be busy and profitable right from the get-go because they're going to be so busy. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with several questions because man, you just you just laid out a huge <laughs> amount of information there. I didn't want to do all the talking, Fred. So you've got to <laughs> have some questions. Uh, I got so on starting at the the national trends. You, uh, I was on a wine and weed symposium yesterday, and it's put on by I don't know. California Napa uh, Valley Association, and one of the people on there was talking about how the uh, demographic of the bigger and bigger user is changing, um, and she was talking about more of a uh, she'd become a user because of medical issues and from life improvement, and yet she's the successful uh, working woman business mom of two or three kids that's growing up. And she said that's the the wider and wider demographic, both of wine and weed. Do you see that? Is that your – are you catering to that type of market or – is your perceived end client different and does it val does it vary by state or region that you want to inhabit Ooh, long how many question. questions did you one. just ask <laughs> <laughs> <About> four. <laughs> uh so the answer is yes uh <laughs> You know, cannabis users basically age 21 and over. There's there's a wide age age group from 21 year olds to 75 year olds and even on up. Uh, as far as the customer base and targeted customers of a Bud's place, some of it will depend on where they're located. Uh, you know, obviously, so if you're near a college town, they still need to be 21 or over to come in. Uh, you know, if you're in Las Vegas or Orlando or, you know, big convention center areas, uh, you're going to have a different demographic, but it's still a huge age range of cannabis users. And, you know, there, there are a lot of young people that use cannabis. There's a lot of people my age, I'm 63. There's a lot of people uh, my age that use cannabis and everywhere in between and older than me that where it used to be kind of something you do on your own without talking about it. And now it's way more out in the open, uh, you know, as the States legalize it, hopefully federally it will become legal. There's a lot of people making different predictions as to what's going to happen after the election regarding cannabis becoming federally legal. But, uh, 
you know, the, 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 the cool thing about our concept and about the cannabis industry in general is the, uh, the huge range, the huge type of market that you have out there, oh, you know, right. cannabis is illegal right now. And I think the late, the last projections I saw were something like, uh, that it's going to be a 30 to $35 billion industry by 2025. That's an industry for something that's federally illegal, <laughs> uh, which is amazing to me. But with that, you know, you've got a big problem in cannabis, which is one of the problems that Bud's Place solves, which is where. So you can buy it. Uh, you know, you can buy it at a dispensary. There's a, a dispensary five miles from me. There's some 10 miles from me. You can buy it there. But most places right now only allow you to smoke it in your house or in your backyard. And that's just uh, not acceptable. It's not appropriate. And places are starting to realize that. That, uh, you know, it's like the, we, we like to compare our concept and the cannabis industry uh, to alcohol, to the alcohol industry. You can drink in your house, but there's over 63,000 bars in the U.S. So you can smoke cannabis in your house. And there might be five consumption lounges in the U.S. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to us. And there's a lot of people out there with with vision, better vision than I do than I have. You know, with the vision, you see that cannabis is likely going to end up very similar to alcohol, and you're going to have consumption lounges of all different shapes and sizes. You know, from little dive places to Dave and Buster's type of entertainment you know places and uh that's where it's going it's just a matter of when it's going to get there and it's starting to get there in some places and others are going to take a little longer all right so i got one more question then we're going to head to commercial and then ray gets to if it's ray's turn gets to start it off again so my question is is where can people buy the hats <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we we just ordered these. They actually, uh, my partner Mark Cohen, who's uh, based in Las Vegas, where our headquarters are, just got our first shipment of things uh, a week or two ago, and uh, eventually we'll have them up on our website, and eventually we'll have them in stores as the Bud's place is open. But Fred, I'll send you one if you want one. I, I mean, I one. think we should all get one. We should yeah, get all, okay. you know, I can wear it in Illinois loud and proud. And right. Illinois is a big market for us right now, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we've been talking with some people that are interested in uh, multi-unit agreements in Illinois or in awesome. funding company-owned stores. And, uh, you know, I will be happy to send them out. And okay. Ray will be driving it, wearing it while he drives the beast. And Elizabeth can document her um, experiences wearing it in Alabama. Yeah, right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I'll just be out. Well, Mississippi is one of the states that has it on the ballot next week, so uh, it is opening up a little in the south. We're starting to see. That's been a tougher area than other parts of the country, but uh, it is starting to open up. So at this point, yeah. we're going to head to a commercial. Um, however, we do want to give a shout out to our friends at Feedspot for ranking as 
ranking us as one of the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. And Ray, as the question always is, what number were we? Number one. Thank you all for making that happen. And now a word from our first sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At West Vines, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors so I'm so excited about to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach we can't wait local to have customers, you in one give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And we are back. So everybody can unmute. You can hear folks through the commercial how excited people are about Bud's Place. Um, oh, yeah, we are back. Sorry. Um, yes, folks, as you could hear during the commercial, everyone's excited about Bud's Place, and everybody can <laughs> unmute now. And Ray? You can ask the next question, and Ron can unmute. I, I think it's very exciting to get on the ground floor of any new franchise. So, you know, this, this is really, you know, and the potential, you know, is, uh, I think, obvious. So my, my question is this. Now, I may have even, the last time you were on the show, Ron, I may have even asked this, but it's, it's probably important. Uh, my father was in the saloon business and they had something called the dram shop type insurance. And um, I assume that there's going to be something similar with, with uh, Bud's Place, something uh, about, you know, making sure that your patrons, you know, come in uh, and I should say walk out in, in good enough condition to drive home. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so related to the insurance side, one of the first things we did when Mark and I were talking about built, putting this concept together was make sure that it was insurable and that insurance would be available uh, both to us on the company-owned store side and to franchisees for their businesses. The uh, you know part of our training for franchisees and for employees will be uh, on the cannabis side you know, how to uh, interact with the customers, how to uh, explain, you know, how to find out basically what kind of cannabis they've brought in that they're going to be using, uh, you know, what kind of medications they might be on because there's different interactions. So we're going to have uh, a staff in all the Bud's places that have been completely trained on hospitality and cannabis and how to deal with customers and how to basically, you know, help prevent people from getting uh, 
too intoxicated, too impaired, uh, you know, helping them find rides home if they need that, you know, ride sharing services, for example, not encouraging people to drive to a Bud's place when they're coming. It's kind of like, you know, before COVID, a lot of people that were going out for the night with their friends to hit some bars were starting to Uber, you know, or Lyft or rideshare, party bus, stuff like that. Uh, we're hoping that's how it, it's going at a, you know, at a Bud's place, obviously. And if you're in a place like Las Vegas, a lot of people aren't going to be just driving, mm -hmm. you know, you know, to a Bud's place. If they're in a touristy town, they may not have cars. We'll have, we plan on having relationships with ride sharing services and, you know, helping figure out when a customer is able to drive home or not drive home, just like what bars have to do. Although it's a little different for us since we're not going to be dispensing initially. You know, our plan is down the road uh, when cannabis becomes legal federally that we can dispense or will allow franchisees to dispense if they want to. You know, a bigger thing is partnering with dispensaries in the area to uh, have them market to our customers, have them refer their customers to us, uh, different things like that. You know, down the road also when it's federally legal, maybe it'll be renting some space out in a Bud's place to a dispensary so they can sell. I mean, it's still, uh, I mean, what you've seen in cannabis with the, the way a lot of the rules have been is you've got cannabis companies that do everything. So it's not just, it's like with you, Ray, with Molly Maids, if you were all of a sudden building houses, you know, and fixing up houses instead of just cleaning houses, you know, it'd be a whole different business that you're in with different challenges. And what's happened in cannabis is some places have seed to sale rules where, you know, you, you plant it, you grow it, you cultivate it, you process it and you sell it. And, uh, it's very difficult for a bit for a, a business like that to be good at everything. So we're focusing on what we're good at and what our franchisees can be trained to be good at. And, uh, you know, keeping in mind that we want them to be very profitable because on the franchisor side, that's how we succeed also is by having profitable franchisees. So uh, we're doing what we're good at. We've got people on the team that are good at, uh, different things, but all of which will be encompassed in a Bud's place. And, uh, you know, that's where our focus is. And we think that's the right way to do it. Like you said, it's, it's extremely exciting being a pioneer in a new industry. Uh, I mean, this isn't just a new concept. If, you know, for example, in the hamburger concepts, five guys wasn't even around five or 10 years ago in an industry that was huge and they made it and, and they're pretty big now, five guys. So here it's the huge industry already as far as cannabis goes, but no consumption lounges. So, uh, so you know, Ryan, getting in early is big and it helps us build a brand before anybody else can. So in listening to this, you know, when you first described it, I have this vision in my head of what it looks like inside and the music that's played. I've got this whole thing going on. And then I think about, well, there are people out there today who are like, wow, the ground floor, this is a great opportunity. But what is really like an ideal 
franchisee for you because they've got to have a lot of different skill sets and or be able to clearly identify their strengths and then find somebody who can complement to their weaknesses, right? I mean, it's a complicated type of team I would think you need to have. Yeah, it's actually uh, not that complicated. So like with, with most franchises that are out there, uh, you don't need to know that business, uh, you know, to be able to buy that franchise and get trained in it uh, because they're relying, you know, they're getting the benefit of our experience of our team members on the, the hospitality and lounge side to where, you know, we put a menu together where we can, we believe uh, it will not be difficult to train somebody on the food and beverage side. We've got experienced cannabis people that can train them on the cannabis side. We've got marketing people and social media people on our team that can help them with that. And, uh, you know, corporate on the franchisor side, we're going to be around to help anybody with, you know, almost whatever they need. So you don't need experience in cannabis. You don't need experience in food and beverage. Uh, We're going to train you and we're going to provide support. So uh, you really need to just be motivated to building a successful business. We want you to be motivated to be active in your community. We want you to be motivated to follow the rules. And, you know, it's basic, uh, it's basic business stuff, basic business 101, other than we've got, you know, the cannabis rules and the cannabis consumption lounge rules that a franchisee will need to follow. And that's the beauty of a franchise, right? So people who have those basics and, you know, maybe they're out of work today and they're like, you know, I just don't want to go through this again. You know, that's right. You know what you've seen. Yeah. What you've seen in many difficult economic times is that after that difficulty goes away, franchising does very well. Uh, people, they've had, you know, if you look at what's going on with COVID, businesses are closing left and right right now. And with that, uh, people will be ready to buy their own business. That's just always happens. It's like, I don't want to walk in one day and the doors are locked and I can't get in and or I got fired or furloughed uh, and lost my job. So uh, I want to have my own business and be in control of my own destiny. And, you know, for us also with COVID, a lot of real estate opportunities are going to open up for us. So if you look at Illinois, you've had restaurants closing. You know, I just saw an announcement a few days ago that one of the top restaurants in Chicago that's been there for like 35 years just announced they're closing at the end of the year. And, you know, all this stuff uh, for us, it's unfortunate, but it does open up more real estate opportunities for us in, you know, as all these strip centers and landlords have vacancies, uh, they want to fill them. And, you know, you've got cities passing social equity programs now wanting minorities to be able to be involved in cannabis or people that have been affected uh, by past drug convictions, things like that. Uh, You know, that all, all that movement uh, is good for us. It's also cannabis brings in a lot of tax revenues mm-hmm. to municipalities and to states. It creates jobs. It's going to help replace, you know, the, the, the states that are that have cannabis regulations on the ballots next week. 
uh, are looking at all the tax money they can raise if cannabis, you know, if, if adult use cannabis sales are legal. Mm -hmm. It brings in a lot of money that helps replace money that they've lost. Sure, sure. So, so Ron, I want to I kind of know about the vibe um, for the actual space, because I talked to um, someone who's doing a boutique tattoo place that's bringing in more mainstream soccer mom type things. It's going against stereotype of what you think of a tattoo parlor to look like and be like. It's more, it's kind of upscale. You're getting pampered with your tattoo and, you know, all those things. So what is the vibe from Bud's Place? Because this is becoming a more mainstream activity, but you still have a stereotype for who's going to be attracted to that. And in particular, um, are you trying to attract some women franchisees? Because I always have to ask the woman question. But, but how, what, what is your vibe of, of the space, kind of? Who are you trying to attract? Right. So the vibe is upscale and safe. <laughs> so, you know, you walk in uh, from the outside, you know, we don't know what they're going to look like from the outside because all the states also have their own rules. Some of them right now don't permit anybody walking outside of a consumption lounge to be able to see inside, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but inside we're going to have real nice furnishings. We're going to have VIP rooms. Uh, it's going to be a place where if somebody wants to come and hang out with their friends and watch TV or listen to music or see live entertainment uh, at certain times, they'll be able to do that. If you want to come into a Bud's place and just chill out and relax and get some work done, we'll have, we'll have a lot of electronics, a lot of outlets, you know, we're going to be fully wired, you know, for top quality internet. We're going to have all of that. We're going to have a gaming area where people can play computer games. We're going to have some pool tables and things like that in there too. So it's really, you know, we're going to have some comfortable seating areas. We're going to have some more bar type seating areas, uh, you know, tables where you can sit and eat or couches and comfortable chairs where you can just hang out and relax, you know, TVs on the walls, uh, you know, VIP like room with better space. furniture. Yeah. Well, it's four to 6,000 square feet is our template. So, you know, not real, not small, but not huge. Uh -huh. And, uh, this way, you know, and one of the good things by not having any open yet is we're able to redesign the space to space, you know, space out the seating areas a little more, uh, you know, make them safer. We already have in the plans uh, a very high-end ventilation system, which most of the states that are passing these rules require. So, you know, on the COVID side, on the tobacco side on all that the ventilation system will help keep the air very clean uh the systems we've been looking at replace the air in the building every 15 minutes so uh you know very high end and uh you know we want to make it a safe place we got a, uh, one of our youtube listeners mark says it sounds like it's a, cr a cross between a high-end cigar bar and a david busters so on a scale of <laughs> One to a hundred, how, how would you rate his matching? Yeah, I mean, you know, we think there's going to be Dave and Buster's types places uh, in cannabis. We're obviously a lot smaller, so we're going to have some entertainment in there. Uh, 
high-end cigar lounge is probably more like it uh, just because the, the high-end cigar bars, some of them that I've been to do have VIP rooms, you know, do have some comfortable seating, do have food and beverage, do have the high-end ventilation system, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, but we are going to have some, you know, entertainment, pool tables, things to keep our customers occupied and things to keep our customers in the place spending money. I think it's like you said, too, depends on the um, town, right? A college town location may look really different than the suburbia area out here in Roselle. I can think of a great place, but it's not maybe conducive to every piece of the puzzle. Maybe it can do 75% of the setup that you're talking to do, right? So I guess it depends on the environment and the demographics in the area. Absolutely. You know, and, and with the way we're going to be marketing and going after customers, there could be you know, plenty of special events or special, you know, special nights where, uh, you know, a, a local dispensary could have a night for their customers or a call, you know, there could be like Monday night football night or, you know, a bunch of different things that you can do in there. So, uh, you know, an area, for example, not too far from me, uh, Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan. So Ann Arbor's got a a very nice population mix between college students and also wealthy individuals and professors and business people and tech. It's got a tech industry there. It's right next to Eastern Michigan uh, University and Ypsilanti, which also has, you know, a big younger population, but plenty of uh, mature adults, older adults that are there also. And, uh, you know, the great thing is, is, if you're only getting, you know, even if you're only getting a part of the population in that area, uh, we're built with the different revenue streams to be very profitable. And we're going to have different customers in different areas. We could be near a residential area, for example, maybe like what you were describing in Roselle. And now you're getting all the local homeowners, you know, think of what it's like in Roselle you know, and in Detroit where I am in the winter, right? you know, you're right. not going to want to go out in your backyard to use cannabis for a minute and then come back in. You're not going to want to smoke it in your house. You're going to want a place uh, to go, a comfortable place, get some food, hang out with your friends or get work done by yourself. Well, and, and who doesn't uh, want to start talking after you've had a couple of tokes, you're going to be talkative. So that's right. You're going to want to talk and you're going to want to eat our great desserts. <laughs> Okay. That's awesome. All That's right. Awesome. All right. So um, our friend Mark uh, has a question, another question. It sounds like we're building interest here. You may have a potential franchisee, Ron. Um, hmm. I wonder if we could run him through a mentoring program. Hmm. Anyways, so Mark wants hey, to Hey, hey, call us up. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, so he wants to know. You know what's any good mentors, Fred? I'm working on it really well, a full list of them, in fact, but news of that later. So he wants to know about the drink menu. What type of drinks are you going to have if you can't have alcohol? And my additional question would be is, will you allow carry-in? So carrying-in of alcohol? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Well, so what kind yes, of drinks? Yes, so carrying in of alcohol is all going to be 
Yeah, so it's going to be based on the local rules. Our franchise agreement requires a franchisee to sell alcohol if it's allowed. And a lot of the places, that most places right now passing their rules for consumption lounges are prohibiting alcohol sales. So our beverage menu, you know, we obviously we've got water, we've got high-end coffees and teas and juices. We've got mocktails, so, you know, high-end cocktail or they taste like cocktails but they don't have alcohol uh they're very popular right now they're also profitable to a franchisee but uh those are the types of beverages we have to go along with the food you know and uh smoothies things like that so we have a full beverage menu we've got a full food menu we've got a breakfast menu we've got a dessert menu we'll have snacks we'll have all kinds of things so pretty soon you'll be able to get uh you'll be able to get cannabis drinks my husband works in that industry and i know they're doing that now right so if you get the point where you can distribute and you could probably sell something with cbd oil in it right right so a bud's place will have a retail area and uh you know, where we'll sell cannabis accessories, uh, pipes, bongs, things like that, jewelry, cannabis themed jewelry, CBD products. Uh, you know, we're going to be focused on what a customer wants and we're going to carry that kind of, those kind of things and some unique and some just general stuff. Uh, we'll rent pipes and bongs and vapes and things like that to people that like in, you know, if you're in Las Vegas and they're coming from out of town and going to dispensary and buying some product, you know, they may not have anything to consume it with. So we will be selling and renting those, uh, making sure, you know, they're very clean and sanitized before somebody gets one. Uh you know, the cannabis infused things, once they become legal, yes, that's, you know, all in the plans for us. How about as um, COVID has kind of moved through and obviously a lot of places in this, not your specific industry, but restaurants and bars and stuff have really been hit hard. If you had people looking and say the next six to 12 months to want to go into the endeavor of a Bud's Place, when do you see... And I know this is like a crystal ball question, right? So when do you see roughly it would make sense to open a place like this with all the COVID restrictions we have today? That's a great question. Uh, you know, first from it's it's likely from the the time frame between when somebody signs a franchise agreement and when they're ready to open a, a lounge is six to nine months. Uh, they're going to have licensing requirements. Uh, most likely they're going to need to find real estate they're going to have to build it out. They're going to, uh, have to do all that. And it's going to take some time, hopefully six to nine months from now, those, the COVID problems are gone, but if they're not the way we're built with the high end ventilation system, with the spacing out of tables, as long as these types of facilities are allowed to be open uh any time is good because what we've been able to do is adapt to what's going on and space the seating out a little more inside of a place but if we increased the entry fee so that's one of the things we haven't really talked about but mm -hmm. we have a, a fee to get in uh, and or membership fee so if we increase that a little bit by a little bit it, it could be a big percentage, but only a couple bucks. So if instead of paying $10 to get in, now you're paying 
$15 to get in or $13 to get in. It actually has a huge positive effect on the bottom line of a franchise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, pretty easy to do. And we don't think the customers are really going to care. Awesome. We lost Ray. Ah! You know, so to answer your question, any time is good. Any time is good. Okay. So is it too, it, it may be too soon, but you'll know that uh, I have this question. If it is, we'll park it for a few minutes because I know a lot of people listening. The question is going to be, well, how much is it going to cost to get into a place like this? Because I'm thinking, wow, I mean, the upside potential, like Elizabeth said, is amazing being on the ground floor. And I can't imagine that this is going to, the point of entry is going to be, you know, a bargain. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't well, think it's going to be a bargain franchise. It. All right. Now, so, we view wait, it as wait. a bargain, but it's not a franchise that you can get into for $20,000. So, uh, FDD's got a range. We'll, we'll oh, get he's there. He's going to stop us. Yeah, I'm yep. going to stop you. We'll get you. First, we got to do the last commercial break, and, and um, then you, you and Elizabeth can hit your last questions with them. So now, a final word from oh, yeah, the sponsor. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. And Elizabeth, do you not have, A, a new issue coming out, and B, have you not launched a new platform for women? Yes, to both. Um, Our November issue will come out on the 1st, which is Sunday, Um, about work-life balance. (laughs) Does it exist? Does it not? Um, And then Rebecca Monet and I have launched our new platform, The Coterie for Women, um, which is an online platform to engage, elevate, educate, and uh, have a little fun. So we've been doing hump day happy hours every Wednesday. So if you're out there and you want to join, come on. In fact, I have a mug. Isn't it cute? It is. (laughs) Put the the mug up there again. So will there be a bundle? Will there, on there. will there be a bundled package with a Coterie for Women mug, a Bud's Place hat, and we can probably come up with the Pillars of Franchising <laughs> t-shirt? I think there should be. You need like a Pillars of Franchising t-shirt hat and mug. We can, we can do it all. Uh, we can do that. All right. Wow. Birch is fun, right? Gotta love it. A new hat. I love it. And and everyone wants a new mug, right? If we're getting a hat out of Ray or out oh, yeah, of Ron, sure, we all want mugs. Ron's ready to trade. He needs something. We keep asking him for stuff, and we got to give back now. 
And we got to get back right. to his answer because I know there are a lot of people who yeah. want to know about that. Right. And before I get to that, though, we're going to keep him hanging for a minute. When Elizabeth was talking, I realized I hadn't answered her question about women franchisees. I did notice that, Ron. Yes. So, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, cannabis is not exclusive to male or female or black or white or right. Hispanic. Uh, and nor is our franchise. Uh, so we're, we're very open uh, to having successful business people uh, in our system, regardless, you know, and customers. So customers of all shapes, colors, and sizes, and sexes, uh, as well as franchisees, you know, and employees. We, we want to be a welcoming place for all. And, you know, and frankly, that's a challenge. Uh, inside you know inside of a bud's place how do you how do you build a bud's place where a 21 year old and a 75 year old can be at tables next to each other and have a great experience mm -hmm. and uh you know we've been working on all that and trying to you know and it'll be an evolution once we have some open figuring out who the customers in that area are and uh who to market to in that area and who to appeal to do you but, have uh, that you like you have private rooms, right? You, or will we will, yes. So right. we so will have a VIP room, the like memberships a party or a bachelorette party or something sure. like that. Okay. Right. And we're building, you know, the space is gonna is going to have some flexible wall areas. So we may wow. have a VIP room, you know, the VIP rooms and some of the other rooms, the walls can all be moved. Mm -hmm. So like let's say we've got, you know, a live entertainer on a Friday night and we just know we're gonna have a ton of people in there. We may not have the VIP room that night. It may be open so everybody can hear the entertainer or it could be closed off with different speakers in there so everybody can still hear them. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a very flexible space that can accommodate different things. Uh, you know, maybe some of the rooms will be different things on different nights. So we've kicked around, you know, different things, uh, you know, that we could do in there in different areas of the lounge to bring in customers, to bring in money for the franchisee and to keep everybody happy while they're there. We want people to, you know, be able to come and hang out, get some things done, do some work, do it, you know, have a variety of things they can do. So, you know, we have to, on our end, we have to justify the entry fee and the membership fee. Uh, by giving them things that they're not going to be able to get somewhere else. Mm -hmm. On the investment side, uh, our FDD has an investment range for a franchise of approximately 620000 to a million and a quarter, depending on the size and location and the rules in that area. But uh, the biggest part of that cost is the ventilation system. It's not inexpensive. Uh, you know, but it's necessary. And in our minds, it helps keep some of the other, you know, competition out. It's going to be tough for somebody to open up a place, a consumption lounge, or convert a restaurant into a consumption lounge without making that investment in the ventilation system. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, All right. So, a couple know, of things. We've one, got one, that one. taken care of. But wait, Fred, wait, I got to get a disclaimer in here. My normal. <laughs> franchise or disclaimer is that nothing we're talking about on this show today is an offer of a franchise to somebody that offer is only made through our fdd 
there we'll, it is. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So a couple of things, a couple of things that Ron issued his strategic disclaimer, drowned out by the calls. It's all good. Um, so a couple of, couple of things, riffing off of what Elizabeth said, um, being able to host bachelorette parties and bachelor parties, and given the way you're partnering with uh, I Crave Hot Dogs or other uh, dispensaries, will you also be um, setting up relationships with local, I guess, strip clubs? <laughs> To facilitate the bachelor uh, and bachelor party. Now, one other thing I, I need yeah, to point out. Yeah, we hadn't thought about that one, Fred. Well, they're so, not usually members of the Chamber of Commerce. Is the problem? Well, but uh, our one viewer who's been asking great questions offered that he's heard that 60% of all C-suite people in the cannabis sector are women. I believe that. Yeah, so I, that's that's uh, that's a stat I have not heard because I've seen a lot of women constantly uh, complaining online about why aren't there more women involved in cannabis and why aren't you know why aren't there more female C-suite executives in cannabis and uh, so I I don't know the exact stat I. I'd be surprised if it's 60% female. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 60% or more male right now, as it is in in many industries. Uh, and that's you know, and and we're we're open to uh, having as many female franchisees as are interested and as are qualified to be a Bud's Place franchisee. All right, so. We all know this means what time it is. It's time to go down the rabbit hole. And given that rabbits eat grass and this whole um, <laughs> show has been about grass, um, I think we've been down the rabbit hole for the most part already. But, hey, I've been contemplating this one because, like I said, we're already – way down the rabbit hole. And what I came up with is in this COVID time and looking at it as a precursor of the zombie apocalypse, my question becomes is how will Bud's Place determine distancing, safe distancing areas between zombies and humans during the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, we'll probably have some zombie nights in our places, Fred, you know, or and maybe like a zombie VIP room. So I'll send you a lifetime membership card to the zombie VIP room for every Bud's place. So flexible walls will have to come into play too, right? Yeah, that's right. All right, Ray. And, you know, and I think there's a big holiday coming up Saturday where – uh the zombies may be out in force. Yeah. <laughs> if they're allowed to go out, as long as they socially distance. Hey, Fred, I wanted to get one more thing in if we've got another minute or two. One of the things, since we've been talking about partnering with dispensaries, one of the things Bud's Place has been asked about a few times when we've been in meetings 
of big cannabis associations is how we're going to uh, prevent customers or make sure that customers are bringing in cannabis that they bought at a licensed dispensary versus on the black market. So we've got different things we're working on as far as uh, a different entry fee structure or ways for customers to show us receipts from local dispensaries showing that they purchased their cannabis at a licensed dispensary you know, because uh, we realize that's a big issue for licensed dispensaries. It's also an issue for states because they don't get taxes on cannabis purchased on the black market uh, like they get from cannabis purchased at dispensaries. So we want to be friends with dispensary owners and with licensed growers and with the states that that want everybody buying legal cannabis. and we're going to have some certain things we're doing in our concept that help protect those dispensary owners and customers that buy marijuana legally. All right. With that said, Makes sense. Ray, you want to ask our last question. So at least Mark, our YouTube, one of our YouTube watchers knows how to get a hold of Ron to ask him a whole lot more questions. I'm going to ask one very small question. Is there such a thing as a belligerent stone person? Because there is if you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, all the studies are showing that uh, people are much calmer under the influence of uh, cannabis than under alcohol. We, you, don't you, know, you don't have fights. Unless you keep you know, we don't expect munch. to have fights in our places. We'll have security, but it's not, you, know, you, you don't have fights with people under that are under the influence of cannabis this like you do people that are in a bar so different different security issues that we'll have than what bars have so the big question right now ron is if someone is interested in this exciting opportunity how do they get a hold of you so our website is buds place dash or buds dash place.com b-u-d-s hyphen place.com uh our office phone number is 833-283-7289. My email address is rons at buds-place.com. And my cell phone number, if somebody wanted to call me or text me, is 248-302-3344. They should check out our website. We've got some cool videos. Uh, I, I was on the Today Show uh, back in February, which seems like such a long time ago, on a story they did about... Uh, uh, more mature adults using cannabis and fueling the, the growth in the cannabis industry. Uh, you know, we've been on other radio shows and things like that. So there's some cool things on our website, a lot of good information. There's also uh, an informational form that somebody can fill out if they're interested in finding out more about Bud's Place. Excellent. It's been exciting having you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Thanks. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Be excited thanks. to watch it grow. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> well, folks, it's been an informative, entertaining, if not high adventure here today. My thanks <laughs> to my co-host, Ray, Kristen, and Elizabeth, and most thanks to our returning guest, Ron Silverstein of Bud's Place. It, it's been interesting and fun. We'll be back next week with another episode that... Hopefully will be as interesting and at least half as entertaining 
here on Yeah. <laughs>